Well, hello, 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 beautiful people. Sexy people, tantalizing things. Oh, hello. Hello and welcome to Pondero Podcast. Pondero. Pew, 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 pew. Pondero. <laughs> we need to get someone to actually record a song, I think. I am Alicia, and this week, um, what I have done to decolonize myself is um, get a little bit more into um, the roots of the Afro-Latinx community, um, specifically in the acting world. Uh, that's after the, treat, the tweet from John, I'm going to say his name wrong, is it Lecuzamo? Um, who is a white Latino? If people was do it not the know. person who was like, "What does it take for a white or a Latinx to like win?" And then somebody posted like the guy from there. So was like, like, "We literally won last year." It's like this one. Is what it takes. <laughs> it's like, oh, but you weren't talking about us niggas, were you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and unfortunately, like sadly, Dasha Polano was was in on this, which I feel like is maybe some colorism within her. Um, own maybe that? view of the community. Oh, um, it's coming up. I'm googling. Yeah, you might. I think you'll recognise her face. Um, oh yeah, I have no expectation for any like. So yeah, so I guess like for me, it was really just actually learning which um, black actors in Hollywood are actually Afro-Latinx that I didn't know. So just like decolonizing my own idea, like I'm very aware that Afro-Latinx people exist, but there's a lot of people I didn't know were Afro-Latinx um, within the community um, in Hollywood. So so that's kind of something I've been doing this week. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and explain what you've been doing this week? Did you know that we're technically Afro-Latinx? No. Because Jamaica was colonized by Spain, babe. Dios mío. Dios mío. That's why I'm so good at the bachata. <laughs> it's like, I remember being in um, Tilburg with my like friend, and I love like salsa the idea of salsa i don't know how to do it <laughs> but like whenever salsa music comes on or like i'm always like giving my like one two yeah. step and then his like white um rugby teammate was like oh i've been taking lessons and he was like i can teach you some steps because we went to this reggaeton night and we we're just like okay we're gonna salsa to reggaeton and then he was trying to like teach me and he was like you're actually really good at this i think you would probably be at level three and i was like look at i was just sort of like he was like you're so much better at it than me and i was like it's because <laughs> i am <laughs> my blood <laughs> Because my fake name and my alter ego, which I always give out, and no nigga has ever clocked me on this, is Carmen San Diego, which is like for people who don't know <laughs> the popular 90s <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> no one. 
No one ever. <laughs> nope. Ever. <laughs> Never. People have asked me where I am from, and I'd be like, I'm Cuba. <laughs> like, I'm Cuba. Like, I am from Cuba. <laughs> and it's because, like, I have, like, conversational Spanish, and one thing about, like, me and, like, languages that I don't speak fluently is, like, what I can speak, I can pronounce really well. <laughs> it's like, no one has ever ever clocked me on Carmen San Diego. The best <laughs> thing I have heard this week. I love it. I love it. So I'd like to introduce oh. myself as Carmen San Diego. Well, Carmen, a pleasure. <laughs> but I am the Chisa. Um I am non-binary. I what have I done to decolonize myself this week? Um, I have let myself rest, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is important because this week was trying. It almost took me the fuck out. And I said, hey, we're going to rest. We're just going to sit with our emotions. We're not going to punish ourselves for not feeling like we want to do anything and making ourselves do something and then burning out and then feeling even shittier <laughs> we're not participating in that cycle and now we're here at the end of the week on friday but it's the pandemic so every single day is a monday to me <laughs> like it's all it's all the same <laughs> oh i did not know it was friday i was just drinking wine um, <laughs> but amen for the rest and that definitely needs to be like an, an actual topic where we unpack kind of um, capitalism and colonialism's kind of objection to rest and how actually it's it's activism in and of itself just to to allow ourselves to rest. So, Carmen, I am very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> <Gracias>. <laughs> De nada, chica. <laughs> I think that we can make that a segment, you know, like, and we have like our decolonize, and then we have like rest, and sometimes those yeah. two things can like crossover but i don't think we talk about rest enough like mm. just in general because i was trying to win a tarot um reading on twitter um, and no 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 i was yes. trying to win reading yeah. on twitter and the person who i love and i i think it's cap moon aura but their name, actually, I don't know their name. So they've said it, but I don't remember. Mickey. Mickey, she's 21. Um, but, like, I like talked about how, like, what I've learned this year particularly is just centered around rest and the fact mm -hmm. that this is the year where I have worked the least in terms of, like, being at a job. Because, like, all throughout university, like, I had, like, two to three jobs. You know, mm -hmm. and I was constantly doing something like I was literally involved, like I had my work and then I was, you know, like in clubs where I like I wasn't paid for that work, but it was still work. Mm -hmm. And I had my classes and because I was in like, um, like an academic achievers program on top of it, I always were, was like doing enough, like over credits. Yeah. Like we had a term for it, but I don't think it's going to like translate globally so i'm just not going to use it like i was taking more classes than was like required of me degree. yeah <laughs> so, okay 
like I, I was, don't think that's technically done in UK universities. Someone will probably correct me, but yes, I'm with you. You were overachieving as as usual, just all the time, and I was yeah. just experiencing. Because once I got this job, and I was just like, oh, I don't need to have you know like two main sources of income that are nowhere near each other and constantly be running around London. It's like I can go to East London every single day. And I was like, wow. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Consistency. <laughs> Simplicity. But Simplicity. What a word. Learning yeah. rest and being like, I actually do not dream of work and I do not dream of a life for me that requires me to work 12 months out of the year. And I think this year, because I had to use up all my vacation before I left my companies. So I oh. technically got like two weeks and then I took like a week and a half in between work. And then I've been on furlough since April. So I think I've worked like a grand total of like three-ish months. Yeah, three. Which, which is really a lot, probably too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I love that. I love that. I love the idea of rest. Rest is revolution. And we as humans are so far removed from our body's need to rest just because of capitalism. So I, I really think that's a section that we need. Um, and, and I love this idea of like, let's not be working 12 months of the year. Um, and, and it's also something that's really interesting because I think as people's platforms grow, they feel like they have to say yes to every opportunity. And, and I don't want, like, you may need to check me because, you know, the, the, the capitalist in me may be seeing them, them commas. De Niro's, we are Afro Latino. Or Plata, if you're Colombian, and I learned that from Narcos. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like not saying no to everything. And actually, I got a shout out to the Nap Ministry. Shout out to Nap about. Ministry. Yeah, <laughs> like the literal joy, the literal joy um, that they take in in saying no to things. Because like, yeah, obviously the platform is growing, but the whole point of the platform is rest. So, <laughs> so <laughs> if you want me to talk on Good Morning America and that requires me to not rest, mm-mm. no, it's no, thank you. Good night to you. Good good night, America, yes. <laughs> good nap, America. <laughs> it can oh, be good. live streaming of me sleeping. Like, that is our conversation. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. I love it. So, welcome. This is going to be a podcast where you have two friends. You know, we may or may not get into our backstory you don't deserve everything of us and we just want to make that clear as fuck now (laughs) just because we talk about it in an episode or you know we talk about it or have talked about it and may talk about it doesn't mean we will talk about it outside of this platform (laughs) yeah do not ask us questions about our relationships with anyone that's like our family that is like our like romantic entanglement. I did not mean to say that. (laughs) (laughs) But this is what I used to call them. I used to say entanglement before like it was popular. Like I didn't I don't want to bring them into this. Like you know like our love relationships taking a page out of Leona Nicole Black. She may or may not have said that, but I feel that that is a very Leona Nicole Black 
thing to say. Um, and she is a Black British tarot reader. reader. Um, she leads tarot therapy. She is my spiritual beacon of light. <laughs> Um, and you should check her out her work is amazing please encourage her to rest because because <laughs> if there's anyone who deserves it it is her um and i actually respect the fuck out of her for dropping out of her phd because she decided it was not for her because i used to be very tied to the idea of doing a phd and then i was like i can do this work outside of this academy and that was mm. another thing that i decolonized myself out of this pandemic is you can do work outside of the academy because the academy yeah. was literally built on studying us and telling us that we were either ugly or alien species mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes both we are an ugly and alien yeah. species yeah oh we're black did we mention that i don't think <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um anything we've said so far gave it away um as you listen to the rest of the podcast maybe something might give it away um but yes just for clarification we are we are black um not african-american i think it's important to to state to any international listeners uh especially americans that that black people live across the diaspora and we're not all african-american i am indeed from london um london bruv a biscuits tossed from south central
black Americans, please, please do some research. Because uh, listen, you've watched Star Wars now, you've seen John Boyega, so we're not we can't be a mystery to you anymore. <laughs> we've watched Get Out and you saw Daniel Kaluuya. See, we we cannot be a mystery anymore. We exist. <laughs> so I just want to point out that we are black people from the diaspora that are not African American. Um, mm. Nachisa, where mm. are you hailing from? I my love. I too was born in England. A biscuits toss from, <laughs> from East Central London. I'm an East London babe um, originally. That's where I popped out the pussy. Um, and then I popped with the pussy again. <laughs> trying, to keep, trying to keep that metaphor going. <laughs> so, but I'm not going to talk about my mom like that. <laughs> I know she won't like I really know she won't because when I told her that I was starting a clothing line she was like I will not be buying and I was like that is so rude wow I don't care what you're selling bitch but it's not for me (laughs) disrespectful (laughs) but then we went to Jamaica I am I don't like saying that I'm half like Jamaica is part of my heritage it's very proud it's part of both of our heritage I don't think you mentioned that (laughs) I did not I went very like where was I born because like I'll be honest like I'm second generation I am as British as a biscuit toss (laughs) (laughs) I really just whenever I say it I just imagine Kelly throwing a biscuit (laughs) And there is where we have our scones. <laughs> um, but yes, the heritage is really important. But I also hate when people are like, but where are you really from? Because like my passport is the same colour as everybody else's, Burgundy, RIP the EU though, it's going to be black soon. Um, but yes, my grandparents are all Jamaican. So both of us share Jamaican heritage. Pew, 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 pew. Reggae, reggae. I don't know if we can, in- like, because I would... This is a podcast that no one can see that I've busted a little a little wide, but it's okay. I would love to play like spices, like needle eye after this. It's like, <laughs> but I don't know if we will be sued. Maybe not because this isn't monetized, is it? Can we demo clips? We're, we'll figure this out in the editing process. Yeah. yeah. But just we know will. that in our hearts, needle eye by spice. Yeah, just just like go on Spotify or other other streaming platforms are available. Pause this, listen to Needle Eye, and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So yes, you you need to finish your story because because Baby Girl has travelled. I I have not. So finish the story, please. <laughs> so we went back to Jamaica. Um, so like Jamaica's part of my heritage. I also hail from the continent. Um, my ties to the continent will, you know, come out as we talk. We found out we were actually Tanzanian, but we say we were from Zambia, but we were like, we're north, so we're on the border. So, you know, if either country wants to claim me, then sure. <laughs> but, but for simplicity's sake, I say Jam Zam. Um, and then yeah then i've been in canada and then i moved again i've always been moving so i get like really antsy and i realize that like when i don't start my life over every few years <laughs> that like, wanderlust is like 
It's just like every four years, it's like, yes, I must move country and start anew away from everybody that I know and everything that I love. (laughs) No more joy, please. Please, we need some fear and anxiety. So, so it's like not being able to travel like this year is like really getting to me even though i've been back in like toronto a lot in fact the most that i have since i moved back to england oh yeah i moved back to england like three years ago and now back in toronto i'm a global citizen it's for simplicity hey, sake listen can't be double arbitrary borders <laughs> pangea no, for life yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, no, no. The traveling thing is real because I actually um, had decided that this year I was going to go to twenty countries because I'm like a little bit obsessed with numbers. I have a math degree, so I was just like the idea of going to no, no. We're gonna we're gonna stop on we're gonna stop on the black woman with a math degree, a fine ass black woman with a math degree. You know parabola bitch parabola that oh, bitch oh, 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 <laughs> derivatives oh, oh, thank, you. Oh, thank you thank you um yes i do have a math degree um but so i'm weirdly obsessed with like numbers and, and like patterns um and so just the thought of going to 20 countries in 2020 just felt to me i really felt like me and god were on the same page 20s were lining like, up <laughs> 20s were. god was laughing at me like bitch you don't know what's about to drop in my mouth because you are not going anywhere. I went to one country before this pandemic. Um, so, so yeah, I, I really feel you about that travel because I think for me, travel is a time of rest. It's also a time of colonization. Um, going to any country that is like just not majority white is, is such a refresh for me, even if it's not like black. Um, it's just the dynamic is just so different. Um, so yeah, I'm really struggling with the whole not traveling thing this mm-hmm. year as well. I'm feeling you heavy on that. I realized like how much travel was like a self care mechanism for me. So like I know when I moved back, and my friend from university and I like moved to Europe around the same time, and I knew even if I was just in like England to do my masters for the year, that I was going to travel like as much as possible because it's so easy and so cheap because you may or whoever our listeners know are like they may or may not know that traveling in Canada is very fucking expensive like I have not seen Canada because the price to go to somewhere like BC like to that plane ticket is as much as it would take me to like go back to Jamaica sometimes more sometimes the ticket to go to BC is more than it would be to take me back to Jamaica (laughs) and that was when I was growing up and it was like and we would always look at the ticket price and it's like for this price we can go to another Caribbean island see what's happening over there or we can see what these white people are doing in the cold (laughs) in the other part of the and we were like let's let's commune with our ancestors (laughs) that's so I was like, I'm going to take full advantage of being in Europe for a year. So I spent literally all my money like on travel. I was like, yes, Airbnb, like we're going to go. I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to all these countries because I never know when I'm going to have this opportunity again. And then 
I stayed for three years and I just made that like a habit of like never being in the country and that became my brand because everyone people would message me who are like acquaintances and be like oh are you in London and I was like that is the energy that I <laughs> I never want you to know where I am <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, sorry, darling. I just hopped over the bond. Just a biscuit stop so- away. Just, just went to France. <laughs> Which is actually a biscuit toss away. Actually, like, if yeah. we're going to quantify that. Yeah. <laughs> Like you can get a train to France, which is so weird to me when I'm on it, but but it is true. Um, yeah. So this is yeah, this is really fun. This is a little introduction. I mean, there is no structure to this demo. <laughs> this is just you getting to know us. We're gonna move into a really long, what, f- structured freedom. Freedom within a framework. Oh, freedom within a framework. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can we have a theme song for it? Freedom within a framework. Freedom, Freedom in a framework. Yo, yo, yo. Boom. Boom. Why am I thinking Viva Las Vegas? Like, why is that the person in my head? I need to decolonize something because that was not, not good. Oh, God. But yes, there will, be, there will be more structure, but it will also just, yeah, feel like, I guess, having a drink with us smoking some weed with us <laughs> only in country you if any law enforcement is listening uh, also fuck the police <laughs> but also you should be demolished demolished is not the right word but I'm kind of feeling the idea of demolished <laughs> I like the idea demolished. you know now that I'm back in like my suburb when they shut down my first elementary school when we moved to this area and they're like yeah it's no longer going to be like an elementary school so in my like eight-year-old head i thought they were going to come with a wrecking ball the last day of school (laughs) so i was was fully expecting it i was like staying around waiting for my bus to go home was like yes (laughs) bring the wrecking ball (laughs) and it just changed into a daycare Yeah, no, I think there's a symbolism there that, like, once once the police are gone from every country, like, we, we're not just reusing those buildings for, you know, the health and social care or whatever else. Like, we need to just cleanse the ground. So they all need, like, every building that houses law enforcement just needs to be demolished and then we can build a new from that. I'm, I feel like that's maybe our new, maybe that should be our, like, activist pathway is, like, actually let's demolish like that's what we're fighting for we, we've got we just we should buy shares in a wrecking ball company <laughs> that's the way, way of the future i what made me what brainchild came into my head was that i would love to see what like activity that is criminalized run out of old police stations so i would love to see sex workers use old police stations would love to see you know like people who are homeless like use police stations as housing yeah because they have like as communal housing you know like as free housing because like these are rights to live um (laughs) Like if yeah. we're like none of us has to be here. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's be real. And I tried to use that argument on my parents when they like 
because my parents cut me off like from when I was 18 not that they were spending that much on me when I was in the house but they were like yeah so you pay for everything now and I was just like I didn't ask to be here <laughs> like I just I was like this is too sudden I I didn't <laughs> like I know I've been in this I'm still two lines about being here now so you know <laughs> I don't see how this is fair but okay <laughs> Yeah, no, I really like that. I really, really like that. So, yeah, welcome to us, I guess. Um, I'm excited for the the future. Um, I'm excited to get paid to just not have conversations that I would normally have as well. Let's let's be honest, because I've spent so long forcing myself into the moulds of what capitalism deems payable work. Yeah. Um, so, so this is fun, and hopefully people will learn, people will laugh, commune with us, you yeah. know? We're all about holding ourselves accountable, working mm-hmm. with the multifacets of decolonization, having honest conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are queer, we are here, we are there, <laughs> we are everywhere. Bars. And I'm a rapper, so subscribe to my SoundCloud. <laughs> um. I was trying so hard not to say get used to it when you said we are queer and we are here. <laughs> I tried so, so hard. Um, but yes, yes. Um, and, I, and I guess, like, it's a journey and, and there's no such thing as perfection on the path to anti-racism, anti-oppression, anti-capitalism. So, like, join us on this journey and hold yourselves accountable and, and like, we can have fun while we're doing it. We can, you know, while we're doing it. That's what I want to do. And I think what's nice is because we're both trying to like start our own brands and I don't think like we're moving into spaces where like no one is and there aren't any black voices. But I think like at least for me, this is going to serve as a reminder that it doesn't matter if because I think as black women in particular, like and black people in general, we've been taught that it's like if we aren't, you know, innovating then we don't deserve to be in spaces, right? Like, if we aren't changing the game drastically, yet every white person can have multiples of the same thing. (laughs) So I think this is going to be, like, a good decolonizing lesson for me to be, like, I don't need... I can be one of whatever. And I was like, that is the goal. The goal is to be one of whatever. (laughs) Like, I'm tired of being the only Black person the only black woman the only black non-binary person like in spaces so it's like if we are just a drop that you find welcome to our splash welcome to our pond <laughs> i noticed you're a little um white businessman early 2000s this is from work and it is like my zoom call savior being in a house with other people no one's in the room right now but like it's just like my zoom call savior so i was like let me be super professional um it's also good to pick up audio <laughs> I love that. It is a look. Um, welcome. Very cool <laughs> Hello, we're sex operator. It's like, how may I pleasure you today? Ooh. <laughs> My friend is um, starting to build up her foot profile so that she can sell feet pics. You know what? Once, once. I went to Turkey and a man from my hotel found me on Instagram and asked me for my feet pics and I really wish I'd just done it because every day I'm like, I don't know how much that man would have paid me, but I feel like that's such easy labor. 
honestly, yeah, they're just attached to you doing useless shit. <laughs> like, I find them not sexual in the slightest, therefore it means nothing to me. Whether you think they're... I think it's, it's not even that, it's more like, if you think my feet are ugly or attractive, doesn't really play into my own self-worth because I just find feet things for walking. <laughs> so, they're very know. practical because we were talking we were talking about like you know like a foot po- pig coming back to bite you and it's just sort of like it's, it's, it's like I show these off for free <laughs> if my foot pig was leaked I'd be like okay and here's every other photo of my body also showing my feet <laughs> what does this mean I imagine like being in a um, a bright yellow pantsuit and holding a press conference about my feet and being like I was young and I was in a committed relationship and I thought that there was mutual trust and respect and <laughs> this was a betrayal <laughs> these were intimate photos that were never meant to see the light of day um, and I am not ashamed <laughs> I stand by my feet I, actually I'm standing on them right now <laughs> and I hope you stand with me and on my feet for nine ninety nine on my only <laughs> Thank you. I will be seeking the privacy so that me and my family can deal from this. But then when you walk from behind the podium, you're in like like clear shoes. Your foot is just on display. (laughs) Toes painted white like them Insta girls, like just ready to go. Yep. You know, as Sweetie said, cocaina tiptoes, ride it like the whip still. Which is what I will be doing after my OnlyFans account <laughs> explodes hey, from man. my leaked feet pics. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I should leak some pictures and create huge buzz on an OnlyFans account that costs like two pounds and then people will realise that all the pictures are literally just like Sesame Street it doesn't matter because we've got like 100,000 followers in one month and then we can just pack out be like this is it enjoy my feet for eternity because what was I was surprised because I um posted it on my IG story so I'm not sure if you saw but after I made my body butters because like whenever I tell people I make body butters who don't they're like oh how does it like look versus a real butter so I'm like before I get these questions let me just slather it on and then I like trolled and I was like full video in my (laughs) like on my OnlyFans link in bio and because I have a business Instagram account I was just like it'll show me who goes to my profile and who clicks on my leg (laughs) and I had about like half of the people who watched that story <laughs> click on that link and I was like is this the content <laughs> is, this, is this the content you guys want because I can I lotion myself for free every day <laughs> I'm really like I need to get in the mindset of like what can I monetize because I'm thinking I need to go full on like um, Erica Mina and Safari like Shit, but actually, you're telling me people will pay just watch me creep my shit. 
just like I will spend a lot of extra care and attention on the titties <laughs> just, just <laughs> <laughs> make some sounds ooh <laughs> but I didn't okay. know Erica was on Safari's um, OnlyFans because I heard that he was getting one yeah I th- I'm not sure if they share one or if she has her own one but I just saw that she had this thing where she was like you know when you like have to tip to get a new video mm-hmm. and um, the screen grab was like them in the pool apparently it was just like lips in and stuff but listen I'm not mad at it I just think that my my OnlyFans life would be uh, at the lesser end of the spectrum because I'm not into I don't think I want to perform sex work. So I'd much rather do things that I don't consider sex work, i.e. creaming my skin, that sounds fabulous. <laughs> Showing my feet, that is brilliant. I just want to pay I just want these white men to pay me for the bare minimum. Like if you're gonna fetishize me, I'd like to at least make some money from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although my therapist said that I'm being vulnerable and I shouldn't do that. Well no, actually. I say that back. She was very careful not to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. She didn't tell me not to do it. She just said, why do you want to do it considering you're in quite a vulnerable space? Uh, and I was like, okay, bitch, mm-hmm. why? Why are you dragging me like this? I didn't pay you for this. But, I paid you to but, support me. <laughs> I paid and you to clap at everything I do, okay? <laughs> in all reckless decisions, if I say, I'm going to go out and murk this nigga, I want you to pull up and say, what? Stop. <laughs> Well done, Alicia. Embracing your freedom. (laughs) Honestly, like, getting white men to pay is the mood of the century. Because I don't know what happened. Or were these white men? I got a lot of, like, white single dads, like, in my Instagram DM. It's in the month because they all had profiles like either with their kids or in the bio it'd be like single father of three and they'd be like hey how are you hi beautiful and I was like what part of my IG looks like I'm somebody's stepmom like what I (laughs) am offended on your behalf (laughs) at the core cavity like, what part of my Instagram says I am white friendly and then on top of that says that I want to be someone's mama like your kids it's like fetishize me and raise kids that you had no decision in creating no desire to adopt uh, like what's happening here I don't know oh, is it, it I feel like it's like that intersection of they want like a mammy figure but they also want to like fetishize you because like yeah white men that reminds me and i'm not sure if it was chewing gum where it was like she found that white dude and he had a lot of like african like tribal pins and then she was also married to this black woman (laughs) 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 chewing gum will forever be undefeated because that whole scene (laughs) keep a bikini that your wife wore on the honeymoon to give to every black girl that you see to put <laughs> what's Listen, happening men are the lowest common <laughs> denominator <laughs> just... 
just every single I only watched Chewing Gum from start to finish once but I was severely uncomfortable in every single episode that it's forever ingrained into my and I was like I watched it and I remember just being like at everything and I was like I'm not doing this again I actually binged it again recently and it just is so brilliant because I feel like and just, I actually don't want the words to come out of my mouth because I think comparing black female creators and homogenizing is so... It's played out. <laughs> it's played out. <clears throat> so I was going to say this is like British Issa Ray, but it's not. But I think what I appreciate in the parallels is the awkwardness, like the, mm. the, like not shying away from the awkwardness of a black girl, which I think yeah. doesn't fit into stereotypes of us because we're normally like hypersexualized or like angry. Mm-hmm. And so like awkwardness is just never really an emotion that's, played with by the masses so I appreciate that both of them bring a little bit of awkwardness I mean chewing gum is like on an absurd level because I don't think that anyone in the world awkward black girl was relatable and I saw myself in Issa and it came at a time when I really needed it and then chewing gum came like a few years later at least like the Canadian side and then I was just sort of like, I like what you're doing, but I am wild. Like, this is unrealistic. I'm laughing at this, not with this, because I've never had a desire to suck on a man's nose. <laughs> such a virgin. It's just not been, not been a thing Because I was definitely a virgin at the time, too. And then I was just sort of like, I... I think we're supposed to be around the same age in this, and this is never... This was... This was <laughs> <laughs> okay because especially when she did um like the photo shoot like tbt to like my modeling days and then the dog was there (laughs) guy was like just let it happen (laughs) imagine one day you went to a photo shoot and then you accidentally got you accidentally got licked up by a dog and then you the next day someone just sent you a video of yourself on like a weirdly niche porn day and you were like this nigga trapped me in some dog porn and it's gonna be super specific it was like watch my dog eat out nigger women (laughs) it was like that (laughs) with two braids I just wanna know because like I'm so fascinated with people's like fetish and kink journeys and how they come to find their kinks especially like non-traditional kinks that you don't just like see everywhere so like at what point was he like yeah it's the dog for me but it's not just the dog with any woman it's the dog with these niggas like like how did this like evolve into like yes yes unwilling nigger women that is it I have no idea but this reminds me of like there was a tumblr site that i used to follow and it was just black women posting their tinder stories and i cackled at how uncomfortable this conversation was because it was just like a normal like tinder interaction because like hey what's up like what are you doing and it was just sort of like oh yeah i'm good like how are you and it's like yeah like i'm watching my like dog walk away I'm looking at my dog's asshole and she's like and I'm a bit weirded out by it and it's just like are you weirded out that you're looking at it or are you weirded out that you're like in turned 
on by looking at it. And then he just sent these, like, three looking emojis, like... <laughs> and that was it for the screenshots. It was just a two. No. kink shame anyone but i do believe that you need to go gently into exploring your kinks with anyone i just think genuinely unless you're like having a transaction with a sex worker the first thing or second thing that comes out of your mouth shouldn't be your kink so how is it that we went from hi how are you to like yo my dog's asshole is looking kind of sweet sweet nice. <laughs> my <laughs> size <laughs> what are we what are we doing here i so I'm of two minds of this because it's like every single time it sort of comes up like out of context like in real life I'm always like nigga who do you think I am it's like we're not talking about this because I know you're gonna run away and think that this is stuff that I'm going to do with you and I don't even know if I like you period (laughs) and then it's also because it's like if you have something that you like and you know it's a deal breaker for you then might as well find out if somebody's like with the shits from the jump then to be like two years in and then whip it out and be like where well i didn't know you liked looking at dogs assholes and that's what you needed yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you, but here's the thing, right? You, you're going to learn their, like, middle name first. You're going to, like, go out to eat first. Like, the, the, <laughs> bring it up soon. But the first thing you say? I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm an oversharer, but I'll just be like, yo, I've got depression. Do you want to fuck with me still or no? I'm not going to be like, hey, dog's butt. Do you want to fuck with me still or no? Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just imagining you on a date just like <laughs> at a fancy restaurant <laughs> and it's just like yeah the salmon tartare looks really nice here and you're like I got depression <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> and I won't come <laughs> my therapist told me I had to <laughs> try new things I work for the week so yeah <laughs> No, that's always been something that I've struggled with on a reel, though. It's just, like, when... <laughs> like, when is a good or fun time to be, like, here is a list yeah. of everything that will come up, but it's, like, not gonna come up fun. Like, in an expected way, because I'm high-functioning everything. <laughs> so, like... Yeah. <laughs> I've had people, like, tell me for years that I was not severely depressed and I was not, like, severely anxious. And, like until coronavirus and you know the extreme racial violence that i'm experiencing at work like i was doing like well and i was doing well for yeah. a really consistent period but then it's like when do you just be like hey like i'm actually like have very depressive tendencies and very anxious tendencies and this will come up it's gonna come up and and, and <laughs> because i'm high functioning it probably won't come up till i'm at my peak and then i won't be able to articulate that to you because i will be in the throes of whatever is happening <laughs> no that is so real i and i think earlier rather than later i used to be i used to try and like tiptoe around things disclaimer i'm really not great at dating i really just think that the person i'm going to be with we will meet 
like organically because I just feel like every time I try I'm like everyone is terrible mm-hmm. um, but like the last date I went on was with a guy a white guy I'm so sorry you and deserve more I tried to so like I tried to let some things in gently and this was not even like mental health stuff this was literally just like um I'm queer I wasn't even saying I was queer I was just like saying like I'm very comfortable in queer spaces like mm-hmm. and I was just telling some anecdotes about how like my favorite nights out of like a G-A-Y I mean we won't talk about the whiteness that happens there but like I was just trying to like just at least just like sprinkle it in and his response was just like oh yeah that's great we should go sometime you know there's a really funny story because like my friend uh he kept telling us he wasn't gay but I definitely think he was then he was like should we go to G-A-Y together and I was like I, why would I do that I'm not gay <laughs> and I was like okay so, so nigga you didn't listen to a word I said did, did you you didn't you didn't and so and I'm like that's a deal breaker that's cool but then I'm like why did I go on this date like it just feels like a waste of time that I even went on this date because I could have predicted I should have predicted mm-hmm. that weak ass hetero shit <laughs> but I, I don't know I, I just feel like everything on my deal breaker list will turn off the majority of people on dating apps and then I'm like do I bother I know it's a super depressive attitude but like I don't know if my energy is there I'm really dope. No, I'm with you, sis. Because I was like, I don't think I've ever brought up to anybody that I was seriously considering that I'm like non-binary, and I was just like, let's let's see where you stand on certain things because I don't want to hear it. Because I remember being out in Camden, which is the ghetto, <laughs> like <laughs> the absolute ghetto. But I was only there for Megan The Stallion because that was the week that I followed her around. <laughs> And she was like, I'm here. And I'm like, I'm right there too, boo. <laughs> and the then. Jealousy I have. <laughs> I would follow Megan the Stallion into a literal garbage dump, okay? <laughs> 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 On top of that incinerator, I'd be like, yeah, hot it. girl garbage. <laughs> <laughs> if we had spoken just for the listeners at home, like, because we were dancing with each other for a really long time before we actually. <laughs> spoke words to each other's faces. <laughs> we were doing that awkward, um, like that black girl look where you're like, is she is she down? Is she cool? Is she... I, I, I keep seeing her at class. Is it... Is it? <laughs> just trying to... Because I didn't... Like, moving to London just in general, like, I didn't realize, like, how so many, like, POC spaces were very anti-queer. Whereas, like, here, maybe I was just, like, in a... Bu- like, a severe bubble... <laughs> Mm. whereas like every PO space was automatically like very like queer friendly that's like not everybody in the space was queer but like everybody was queer friendly so when I moved and then started just hearing like people like especially black people and like black women just you know slagging off like queer communities I was just sort of like I'm in the ghetto but then (laughs) me and my friends were like and she's Brazilian and she's tiny and like this like Jamaican man was hitting on us and he we were just like we're with each other and he was like you can't be a lesbian <laughs> and I was like <laughs> he was like black women aren't lesbians <laughs> he said that. and then she was she was correcting him she was like no like we're like 
to like we're just you know like we're friends but this also just has nothing to do with what we're saying and what if we were and i was gonna go full like well we are lesbian lovers i look at prissy every single night and i enjoy it they got me drowning in my drowning. <laughs> I can't there's so many things coming in through my mind right now because like also I find the irony in Jamaica, even though like it's incredibly homophobic and I am Jamaican just for the for the record, um, is I found that when I went to Jamaica like back to see family, like a lot of women were very openly like they were very open about wanting to engage in sexual activities with me, despite the fact I was a minor. So it's like, <laughs> even though there was, like, homophobia, there was also, like, but the women can have sex with girls because that's hot. So even just the fact that he's saying that black women can't be lesbians is confusing me. Um, but also, I mean, what should I do with that information? Like, just change my DNA? Like, what, where do we... Should I become white? Should I become straight? Like, what What do you want me to do in this situation? Because even if I'm straight, I'm still not fucking you. So <laughs> just, what's happening? Just like, yes, you are right. I was so wrong. <laughs> um, Misinformed. Because <laughs> it made me think of... I haven't sent you guys the article, but I saw something on Twitter where it was talking about... Let me get her name because she's black and she deserves her recognition on this yeah. show but she was this like freed slave um like girl because she was like 12 years old uh, they were her family yeah. were slaves like in oklahoma they became free they were enslaved by the Cree nation and then like as a part of like you know the freedom they got land and then they were um given like she was given land and then she became a multi-millionaire at 12 years old because someone struck oil on her land and she was so rich that yeah. they declared her white <laughs> they were like i know this I've read, this I've read about this girl recently i haven't saved the thing so if you find her if you find the name no i sent this article to my cousin so i'm pulling it up because we are all about saying black women and black queer folks name on this show everyone else can t- t- buy yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just, what I love about it is, I mean, hello, creating generational wealth. Like, oh, she lost it all. 12 year old. She she lost it all. I mean, by the time she died, she was broke. Starting to, trying (laughs) to. Um, But also just the fact that they actually, like, imagine being like, here's a rich black woman. Maybe we should give black women rights because, like, normally we let people with land and power vote, but she can't vote because she's a black woman. Like, maybe we'll just give her some rights. And they're like, actually, no. Why don't we just legally declare her white? Like, rather than actually ending oppression, we're like, we're going to just tell a straight lie. Legally, she's now white. Like, it just blows my mind. Like, this Rachel Dolezal in reverse. Like, do you know what? It just suits our narrative. Like, white people are still better. And I know this girl looks tan. She looks super... Don't worry about it. Just Kim Kardashian. She just looks super tan. She's still white. Like, <laughs> just too much. We got our name. Sarah Rector. Sarah Rector. We stand you. Shout um, out to you. And she married um, this man. I think his name was John, but he was the second black owner of an automobile dealership. So... But then Great Depression happened. John. And they I mean, lost it all. Yeah. The the story of America's great economy is, is not great and less so for black people but 
we scan the um the attempts of our ancestors to level up because it's been happening for years i just oh oh god okay so something we need to talk about i'm taking a real pivot right now because i feel like i'm going to get into super depressed like why can we not ever have anything as black people so i want to bring some joy some slight joy to this because you sent you said on whatsapp that you wanted to record this so that we could talk about this moment which in time is current events let us talk about the innovation and evolution of makeup (laughs) let us talk about makeup that is so intelligent (laughs) so brilliant that it suits the skin tone of every every person and this is not clear lip gloss no we're talking about foundation they they came out with a clear lip gloss <laughs> it was a set oh no you're frozen <laughs> oh no i need to look it up it was a set oh, no, you're frozen again why is why won't the internet let us be great the internet is really trying us right now i think you can hear just how great we're being um <laughs> no it's I a set it was a set um they came out you know the girls at becca cosmetics for the beckys out there were sitting down around the table and they said you know what who is the demographic that has been overlooked the longest who has been overlooked in fact since the dawn of makeup the transparent skinned girls <laughs> they said we do not have a shade for them and you know what's been done a product for everyone how about a product for no one how about a product for our transparent skinned queens just saran wrap realness <laughs> not trans life matter but transparent life matter okay <laughs> transparent life matter okay and they also said you black bitches are gonna sit sit down and shut up okay right said he might have 40 shades but we're not doing it we're not doing it one shade and stop complaining for no one it feels like when a mum is like i'm not making you all different foods you're all gonna eat that chicken you're gonna sit down and be happy about it you see i heard your request and we're going with what i want to do I'm, I'm not I'm not hiring all these people to, to work out all of these formulations okay just take some primer we put it in a heavier tub uh, we've called it a foundation so just be happy about it okay just be happy that no makeup makeup look that really actually is no makeup it's just skincare plus like, that, that's, that's what it is but it's not even like my skincare doesn't make me look oily in five minutes. If I spent forty of God's great British pounds on a primer that made my skin oily, I would. Oh, I don't even know what I would do. It, it's it's very. Um, I don't see color right it's very, i feel like it's brilliant for every white woman that's like i'm not racist i don't see color like it don't see your own color don't see anyone's <laughs> color just use this foundation like that that's it's, it <laughs> they really that would have been stronger branding for them so actually we're going to do their job for them right and you know it's like in post-racial let's make it global because neither of us are from america so in a post-racial world yeah 
we need yeah. makeup and products that match the post-racialness we have evolved we've actually evolved past skin too but you guys aren't ready for that conversation so in a post-racial world we're gonna give you transparent matte finish i'm reading it from the screenshot you sent the group chat it was like a transparent matte finish it was like that is that is it's post-racial world it's like fight racial inequality one foundation and then the second product was a pigmentless highlighter they said um they said so race is a social construct let's deconstruct that okay (laughs) there is no race okay there is just skin (laughs) buy our product for your skin it will make you greasy but it's okay because it's for all skin. All skin matters. <laughs> so what? Yeah, I, I genuinely think we've done better branding. So once again, black women being ignored and <laughs> coin just not being given to us. <laughs> <laughs> what has? Because we've been laughing at this all week, and it's just like I think I had this thought five times a day. Is just how many people this idea had to get the green light from? Because <laughs> it's not yeah. like like becca's not a small brand like they've definitely fallen off because they were only for like our cream cheese elegance queens like to begin with and like (laughs) (laughs) they were only for them and then they're trying to be relevant again because they had that one found like not foundation now they have a foundation they had that one highlighter (laughs) that everyone loved (laughs) And then they came out with this foundation. And if they were just like fight racial inequality, this is our messaging. Then I could see how it got past, like, you know, the marketing team, R and R, manufacturers, product design, like head of like innovations and new brand deals. <laughs> they probably have some white girl named Head of Caucasity and her name is Sarah Bell. <laughs> and, she... <laughs> and I kept trying to work out like is there like I, I was imagining scenarios in my head like is it just like a group of white girls just patting each other on the back like this is just groundbreaking innovative like like we are solving racism like love it or like was there like one black or like indian or like just just some like non-white person like in the room that was like uh excuse, 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 I, I know you don't pay me for my opinion i know you just pay me to you know tick a, tick a box diversity box but i just think this is trash um, but was there one person that was like just trying to say please don't do this or was it literally just like white women in a in a circle just hugging each other like like we are brilliant like like this is brilliant like I just I don't know I think if there was you know like a POC involved that they would have clearly had to withstand the products because you know they're smart enough to get somebody like a Terry Coon like on the team to be like <laughs> you know what <laughs> let's yeah they're smart enough to be like we have like uncle tom aunt jemima down the hall like they will co-sign this idea because i was offended when i went to that site and then saw like a black babe as the first model and then you had like an asian person also as a second model and then I think they may have had somebody racially ambiguous or somebody who was like mixed 
I can't remember or if they were just light skinned black. Um, but they were covering like the primary bases and being like, look, a product for you ethnics. <laughs> and yeah, then we're yeah, just like yeah. and, and let's not talk about the fact that none of our other products work for you. Um, <laughs> which is really funny because I went to a Vogue Beauty event last year. Um and actually the one I went to I think was for Dyson hair products, but they had like five different sponsors and Becca was one of them. Um, so you could go into like the little room and, and test stuff out. And I was looking at all these things. <laughs> the makeup artists were like, do you, like, do you want any help? And I was like, yeah, I really want like a liquid highlighter, but these shades don't really like, they work for me. Like, like what, what works for black skin? And one of the funniest things to me in the world is like makeup artists trying to convince me that white people's makeup products like work good on my skin. Because they'll like <laughs> rub it on your hand and they're like rubbing it in and they're like, see, this is like a really nice glow. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't call chalky a glow, no. but, but thanks for thinking of me. I'm not going to spend fifty pounds on this highlighter, but I appreciate you trying to do your job. This is not, this is not it for me. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, we can hire a black model finally because this is actually going to work on her." This, this primer, we are, we're going for it. We are gung ho. Oh, what a mess. But they have disrespected us in the past and hired black models for products that do not work for them it i just as a module i just would i just feel bad for any black model that has to do that because i know you're walking in there like they're making me look like shit but i also need to eat because like where are my reparations and you're just gonna have to smile and smile and take them photos and i like you act like this is good for you like you would wear this if you were not being paid mm-hmm. like that just black women deserve more black men but anybody people of color deserve better than having to pretend that what these white people are making for them is suitable and be thankful for it. I just keep thinking of, like, this clip on Breakfast Television, which is, like, a Toronto thing, and they had this, like, it was a fashion show in the morning, and they had this black woman on it as a model, and they had someone do her hair, and that was what... And she had an afro, and they, you know, just... (laughs) <laughs> I think I've seen I think I've seen this clip <laughs> and I just remember looking at it and being like you you know this doesn't look good it's like you, you know it and it's like to have homegirl disrespected on you know like this is provincial television but you know shit goes viral and one thing that really hurt me was when Rachel the black bachelorette like, and I don't watch The Bachelorette, but I was with my friend who is a stan of this, like, The Bachelor Nation programming. Mm-hmm. And, like, I watched the finale, and they had her leave out just flopping in the wind. <laughs> I was like... Oh, no. How, just, like, she is The Bachelorette, not a contestant on The Prize. Like, she is... She is the one they are competing oh, no. for. And you have her leave out. Like, her weave's not blended, first of all. Then you have oh, her weave no. out just saying, I want to start too. Like, that's what... Do a little dance. That is that is so sad. They couldn't get... Actually, a lace front wouldn't even have been better because I've seen how them white people lay these lace fronts sometimes and, and what a waste of good lace. Um... <laughs> That is, yeah, no, she doesn't. She doesn't deserve because so. So the Bachelor series doesn't come 
over to the UK, but I've seen things like, especially about the first black bachelorette, and now there's this black guy that's a new bachelor, if I'm right. Oh, yeah, he's going to end up with a white woman. 100%. Like, I don't. (laughs) And, and, yeah. (laughs) The parallels to me between that and, like, Love Island, which obviously is like a huge UK staple, is just like they will will bring some black people on because they they don't want to offend people any longer, but. I know they're not going to win. They're not going to get picked or they're going to have to pick some white person who is going to be offensive about how they pronounce their name or just some racist shit or they're just going to leave you with your lever. Imagine, imagine, I'm just thinking like as a black woman, like sitting in a makeup chair and just knowing my hair doesn't look good, but also knowing that the hairdresser in front of me cannot help me. It reminds me of when we used to have school picture day um, in my primary school and they'd, they'd have a brush obviously not a brush suitable for black hair mm-hmm. uh, and they'd be going down the line brushing everyone's hair which first of all why are you brushing everyone's hair with the same brush because, white people like kids not getting it that's gross <laughs> but like they're brushing everyone's hair to make them look neat and then they come up to me and then they're like like <laughs> like the brush is like getting nearer to my head and then they're pulling it away and they're like actually you look lovely <laughs> and, I mean I do because my mum would make sure I'm that my hair was late obviously mm. but it's just that thing of like <laughs> don't pretend you know what to do with my hair and then you're just gonna like tussle it a little bit and be like you look beautiful no no it's just it's, very it's, superficial yeah, you know and that's like what becca's doing and also other people have been talking about particularly like candace owens i think that's her name um and she stars on the flash mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that, like, she's been a big advocate for diversity and inclusion until I saw a Twitter page pop up in my feed that stands her and was talking about, like, how she has been saying at every single, like, Comic Con, talking about how, like, if you're hiring me, then it means that you are hiring Candace Patton, not Candace Owens. Candace Patton. Candace Owens is well, the. <laughs> my Google was, was, like, I was literally on Google thinking. Patton, I am so sorry, Candace Patton. I watch your show and I love you. Like I am terrible with names, and I was doing this without googling, and I should have kept my mouth shut. And I will publicly apologize. Should have kept my mouth shut until I got your name right. You know what, Maven, edit this out and just pretend I said so, Candace Patton. Let me check this before, like I. It's okay. Candace Patton, I've Googled, and is indeed a black woman who is an actress for On The Flash. So we have got yes. this one correct. Right. Owens, your name will never be spoken again on this podcast, <laughs> okay? You are... You and Terry Crews can go to whatever island Trump owns and just, just do your thing, okay? <laughs> um, yes. Candace Patton. Let's so, talk about Candace Patton. Patton, who is on the show and was the first um, black Ivy... Iris, I see I'm terrible with names. Iris, um, something. Her name is Iris on the show. Like, she marries a flash who is buried. Iris West Allen. There we go. I watched, I've literally seen every single episode of the show, and you would never know based on this conversation. (laughs) It's like, I was looking for a meme today. This is going off track, but I was looking for a meme today. And then I couldn't remember, like, which white boy, because they all look the same. And it was, like, the ones with the acrylics and then, like, the acrylics and the hijab, and they're going like this. And then I went, like, Ryan Reynolds hijab. on like google and then i was like no this is the wrong white boy and then i was like oh it's the one from captain america what's his name and i was like 
John and I was thinking of Thor and I was like him and Thor have the same name and I was like John no <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, it's a why boy day. <laughs> I was like, it's it's like there are several of them. I was like Ryan, and I was like no, <laughs> but <laughs> Candace Patton <laughs> talks about this a lot <laughs> on like every single Comic Con and the clips that they did a nice like compilation of her talking about it. And then also dragging, like, Danielle Panabaker, and she's a white woman, so I was, like, never standing her. Um, but being like, oh, she was the first black Iris West Allen, and she received a lot of shit from that. And obviously, because comic book geeks are mostly incels who have never touched a woman. And, like, you know, don't really understand that people can be different, and it's a comic book, and it's not that deep. And we've had to deal with centuries of you making Cleopatra white and Jesus white, and, like, everybody who is actually black, brown, and Asian white. Like, we have we've had to... We have had to see you do that for centuries. And one time we want to be like, let's make this black, because, you know... I would have loved to have seen it just be an all-black flash or, like, an all-POC flash because, like, there's a Latinx character. Yeah. on There are Latinx characters on it, and this is, like, if we could have just made it Afro-Latinx, actually, <laughs> just that whole show, I would have loved yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... and, uh, you know, and it's so funny that you say that, you know, like, these incels and, and people, and, uh, yeah, in the comic book community, the gaming community, community, right? <laughs> And they, they, they argue about these fictional characters having their race changed. And yet, all of the characters that you just brought up are real people. Jesus Christ lived, walked on this earth. Cleopatra lived and walked on this earth. Like, we actually have proof of their race, but we have to just let them be whitewashed. Uh, but, but God forbid, God forbid James Bond, a fictional character, who was written, by the way, in Jamaica, is ever a black man. God forbid. It was written in Jamaica? Look at our island just doing everything. The world would be nowhere without Jamaica. No, no, it it was a white man that wrote it, but he wrote it in Jamaica. No, we're taking... tall, dark, and handsome. If you're telling me he's not looking at a Jamaican man walking past him (laughs) with a coconut... I... I'm just going to rewrite the entire, like, concept of James Bond and be like there was an island man because Jamaican men love to chat came up to him and like said what about you right like about a spy you know and <laughs> international womanizer very on brand for jamaican man womanizer suave <laughs> suave saves the queen and they're just like go <laughs> i fully believe that that's the backstory now that's my new head canon for the origination of james bond i love it it yeah. was it yeah. was appropriated <laughs> I was like, I don't believe Shakespeare wrote those plays. I believe it was a black servant that did it. And so just everything great in history now, I'm just sort of like a black person. A black person did this. So. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm with you on that. Okay. Back on the. I actually just said that white woman's name. I got really upset because. My constant learning that any white person I had any affinity to in my childhood turns out to be like racist and shit, obviously. 
but Daniel Panabaker, Danielle Panabaker was in Sky High, and I loved Sky High when I was younger. Like, how upsetting! So, is it upsetting because every white person has this moment? I just like have zero expectation for it because like i don't think she's a strong actress and i remember seeing her on the disney channel and like thinking the same thing it's just like i enjoy this wholesome child-friendly like content but i don't think you're a strong actress and especially on the flash it's actually sort of you know i'm just gonna be disrespectful it's embarrassing how like like bad it like an unbelievable it is because it's like yes i don't think in terms of like writing that they're given the strongest writing but i get strong performances from candace Patton, from mm. the guy who plays oh my gosh i'm so bad with names he oh, oh no no oh vibe the guy who plays vibe whoever his character's name is he plays <laughs> he plays I'm vibe i'm looking it up carlos valdez yes get strong performances from him and even the other white guy who is now been known been uncovered to be a rapist and like a predator he plays like the elasticy one but we're not gonna say his name because we don't stand like rapists we believe survivors and it doesn't matter if it's a quote-unquote allegation they have to say that for libel reasons if enough like if we get enough people coming out and being like you're predatory then you're a rapist and make no apologies about that but get even like a decent performance from him but her performances have always made me cringe and then in the same video clip they broke down and were just like she kept stoking the fires for her character and barry's um character to get together and be like oh you think we have good chemistry and it's like you guys don't have good chemistry at all you guys are both white like that is i was like that is all <laughs> i was like that is I was like that is it you guys both share the same race like you're not even giving an like a believable performance as a scientist to let alone be this man even with the fine oh. dude who you were like actually supposed to be married to in the show like it wasn't even a believable like performance so i don't know oh, how like and homeboy was giving it as like i don't know how you go from that to being like oh yeah maybe it'll be me instead of iris and you know she was only doing that because she was black and there was i think only one other person in the cw like universe like who was just like yeah no it's iris like we're not gonna even be like oh like it's a shipping thing and then candace Patton has consistently been on every single comic-con palette um panel being like diversity inclusion is more than just like hiring me to be the face it means that you need to have black makeup artists you know like black hair and then she's like oh people get offended when you ask for that and that even gabrielle union has like you know said stuff where it's just like oh well just let them try and it's like no (laughs) it's like why am i why am i the experiment it was like literally what like you they had Sarah Barton to do that shit and like she wasn't even willing for that too and you want to keep that go it's like no I'm not an experiment like yeah. if hire somebody hire how the complete... can you graduate from a school to do hair and not know how to do all hair like all hair matters <laughs> like literally like yeah no I'm you're not I'm not paying for you like you're not being paid to experiment on me and then I have to go and act looking like a hot mess 
or bring my own wig or bring my own hair tools. No, I fully. I'm. I'm standing. I don't. I don't know much about the flash, but um, I'm standing all of this. Um, this white woman is making me laugh. It's making me think. Like every now and again, only for about five seconds before I like lean back into my. I just love black women face, but I just think like, not face way of life. Another <laughs> thing. Wouldn't it be nice to like just be successful doing half the work? Because you know we have to do two, three times the work to be Virgil Abloh. Virgil, like, bad actress, and literally being on a like a TV, like a syndicated show. Like, 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 I would love because I think I'm like an okay actress, and that's what would stop me from being an actress without a lot more training. Because I feel like I need to be Viola Davis. So until I can get that snot coming out my nose, mm-hmm. it's not happening. But like, I could really rock up on set and just be like, listen. I'm the new white girl in charge. <laughs> I'm going to take the lines woodenly and you will pay me handsomely. <laughs> that, that would be a very, very easy life. <laughs> and I it's think lovely. Virgil Abloh is setting the path, trailblazing in fact, <laughs> for, for this level of just like mediocrity disguised as genius and it's like i don't know much about virgil but what i have seen is that 400 dollars support black businesses <laughs> sweatshirt and that ikea <laughs> receipt mat and i was like that is all and all i need to know to know that you know what if banksy can do it why can't we why <laughs> why can't we just just be mediocre and get Virgil Oh that that jump when you said that jump to the group chat because I've I've never I've always been a bit like on the fence with off white because like part of me was like yes a black man doing well like let's support that in the fashion industry but I was also like a lot of your clothes I wouldn't really wear like I don't really want these big old plastic tags on my shoes but okay <laughs> culture is going for it. Um but that jumper, even if he hadn't just fucked up and just, if he, even if he hadn't fucked up and just donated that $50, like, that jumper looks like the first draft when you go onto, like, any kind of, like, uh, website that allows you to print t-shirts for free. Like, you just type the text in, you haven't even, like, changed the font yet, like, the size or anything, and just, like, default, that is it. And he just printed that and said, can I have $440? Like, <laughs> what a mess what an actual mess and, and coming off of the back of Pop Smoke's album I feel like he does not care he does not care I feel like maybe he's just trolling us like you're right this is like just putting in the level of effort of like a mediocre white band like this is this is what's happening right now mm. all the Chads and the Bradfords and the <laughs> Hyacinth the third quaking <laughs> he said you know what (laughs) like (laughs) let's go for it he was like why why not us you know it's like we have worked you know twice as hard to get half as much for too long let's work half half as hard to get four times as much (laughs) (laughs) reparations and i feel like that's what i'm And I think that's what I'm going to do at work now. Like, especially after they hired this new CEO, which I can't talk about in detail because then people will know where I work. And, and yeah. like, I'm waiting till the moment I leave because then I will be flaming this company publicly. <laughs> <laughs> like I have everywhere else that I have worked. 
including my old university so as fuck you and your mama I would like a refund because that was an expensive ass reading group and so it was like I'm gonna start doing that at work and really just giving in like the bare minimum in terms of like outputs for them but like for the benefits of the community I'm still gonna give my hundred but in terms of outputs for the white people like they're just gonna get like the bare minimum it's like you wanted a report yeah. it's really interesting mm-hmm. you say that actually and I, I stand because I was talking to my therapist about this about like so just for context like I've been on sick leave uh, for about a month now and at work and then it's not the first time it's happened but normally um after a few weeks I'm in that real anxious mode of like oh no like they're paying me and I'm not doing anything like I'm, I'm such a burden welcome to company, furlough like this multi billion pound company which I will also not talk about um but I've really just leaned into that like first of all like my health is worth more than a capitalist organization mm, so if amen. I'm not better I'm not going to force myself back to work um but also like these white people have been taking too much from me because I work hours and I put in passion into my projects that I have seen the white people that I'm friends with in my work put in half as much and get promoted twice as quickly like I've seen it so now I'm like hmm not not doing that i'm not doing that like i'm really with you on that and, and my therapist said a really nice word she was like it's almost like you're bringing your activism into your workplace and i and i liked it because it, it's very covert it's not like activism as a we demand inclusion for everyone which i do do like i do a lot of inclusion work at work but it's very much like just activism in setting boundaries for myself and not allowing them to drain me for such a small amount of money mm-hmm. in this capitalist world that these white people can become incredibly rich incredibly incredibly rich so yeah i'm with you on that 100 percent. it's honestly and like this is all just going back to like very surface levels you know of like change in like corporate infrastructure where like they'll just be like okay like we're gonna do this and this and then you're like at the surface of this what is this doing you know and it's like as hopeful as we are like within our own organizations that we can sort of affect any kind of change it's like these white people don't want change like they want the illusion of change and then it'll get like the girlies hype who are from those backgrounds that they're actually doing stuff and you know that they're not right because it's like you shouldn't have to be advocating like it shouldn't have to like personally hinder you for them to have the foresight and the compassion and the empathy to be like you know what let's recognize that these things need to be in place so that like our staff doesn't get burnt out or when like people with mental like ill health like need to take time off that they are assured throughout the entire process by the company that they are not a burden you know it's like that is actual substantive levels of like change and activism within the workplace but they're all ready to do like i can't even say the name of the group at my work because i think it's so specific (laughs) so we think of a name like over like a general like niggas incorporated Uh, (laughs) like niggas at work that's what they basically came out with like a niggas at work group at my work and it's coached like it's chaired by these white people um and there's nary a senior black person except for 
actually I'm not going to talk about this individual because this will give it away <laughs> but it's like there's nearly <laughs> like a senior like black person because black people don't get seniority at my workplace so it's a bunch of people who are either my level or below right and it's like yeah I am at a manager level but that's like one bump up <laughs> like I'm at the second like I'm at the second tier out of like four to like six like different bands at my work and they're like oh yeah like we can we can do this and it's like they were feel very comfortable and applauding themselves and being like oh well we gathered around all the niggas and we asked them what they wanted and it's like we don't care if one's a trump supporter we don't care if one vaguely reminds us of candace owen we don't care (laughs) like if these people are terry cruz's first cousins (laughs) like (laughs) Actually, that might be disrespectful to Terry Crews' first cousin. You may have sense, and I apologize, but if not, <laughs> like... We don't know. I'm hoping that Terry Crews' family is doing some prayers around the corner, hoping that he sees the light. I, I'm not going to blaspheme any of his family until I hear from their mouths the cootery, but um, I 100% know what you're saying. Um, it's really, And it's interesting because this is where, like, the intersects of, like, racism and oppression and capitalism come, right? Because, because really... They cannot sustain the amount of work they want us to produce without oppressing pretty much every worker anyway, regardless of gender or race. So then, you know, when it's like, okay, what do you actually need to do to make sure that anyone's mental ill health doesn't feel a burden? What do you actually have to do to make sure that, you know, there is equity and equality? Like, all of that shit takes money out of their pockets. And and then they're going to dip their toe in the water. And I think even well-meaning businesses and well-meaning leaders will dip their toe in the water but they they will soon realize that to fully change will just break apart their capitalist business model like Mm -hmm. they're just not going to be able to have the growth that they want which like can we just talk about the fact that every company always wants growth like why is it not okay to just be at the same production or profit level for a number of years when you're already making millions or billions like why does it always have to be more like the, the world's resources are not infinite so it, it's just like that, that intersection there of like capitalism and oppression, like just really just means that a lot of DNI work is is fruitless. Although, mm. you know, still hire me to give you DNI consulting because I'll tell you what you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, then I'm <laughs> not. you want to do it. <laughs> That's your business, boo. But like capitalism is inherently like oppressive, you know, like all of these things were built to oppress. Because I remember yeah. like. Because if I could tell, like, not that I had very high expectations of my company when they started talking about Black Lives Matter, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to say my piece because this is actually fucking ridiculous. Because <laughs> they did the corporate version of We've Got Black Friends, and then they didn't capitalize the B, and I'm like, you won't, you have black colors as friends. It was like, you just have black squares in your house. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was like, that's what, that's what you're saying. Um, and like... And that's the thing that I don't understand why it's so hard for people to grasp that you can still be partnered with black people, people of any races and like different creeds. And I'm under no like illusion that if I marry somebody who is cishet, that they can still be cishet and then be like in some deep part of them still very transphobic. 
even know that I exist as a non-binary person, like, in their close periphery. Because, like, my great-grandmother was an Indian woman who was, like, brought over, indentured workers, hated nigger picnic. Like, that's how she put it. And that's how, like, the conversation where my mom and I have had, where she explicitly calls them nigger picnic. So it was, like, my mom's grandmother... And she married my grandfather, a black man. He was mixed, so he was half white, half black. Um, And then he, like as many Jamaican men, cheated voraciously on her. But (laughs) fathered several children outside outside of the like 7 to 14 that they had together. I think it's like 7. And then she raised my grandmother and like a lot of well, a lot of the my great actually no that's a lie because my aunt iris was pretty dark but like my grandmother and then my other aunt are very like light but she raised them to not see themselves as black and it was like that's you know like yeah. if you're in a predominantly black country like you it's really hard not to see yourself as black because you are like the majority yeah but then it was also like don't hang out with the nigger picnic and then even when it got around to my mom she was like yeah i remember grandma telling me not to hang out like having an issue with me hanging out with like black kids from school because they were like nigger picnic and it was just sort of like that can still happen and they can still see your it was like she had black kids who went on to have yeah. more black kids because even though some of my aunts and uncles like married like Jamaicans of Indian descent, like they were they were still black. <laughs> like they were yeah. still like they're still black. And then those kids went on to have more black kids. <laughs> and it was just like sired a whole line of niggers and still hated them to her dying breath. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so that's not like those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Like, like, I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm not a racist person, so I can't speak on their behalf, but I feel like... <laughs> I don't identify is... with that community. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there's like a, there's a separation, right? There's that, but you're not one of them. And I don't know your, your great-grandma, but it feels like it's like, yeah, well, you're my grandchild, sure, but all them other, like, niggas out there, they ain't shit, because have you heard the news that black people ain't shit? Like, it's just that whole, like, you will excuse anyone in your, that you know personally from whatever homogenization of the race that you have um, in that oppression. And, and, and linked to that and not linked to that, I think, it's just like my, my fervent distaste of um, black wealth hoarders, uh, black billionaires, mm-hmm. uh, because you cannot be a black billionaire without oppressing other black people. Yeah. And the biggest, the person I hate the most on this um, is Diddy. Mm. Just because mm-hmm. I constantly hear about the contracts that he got these young musicians into, which, yeah, it's how the music industry has always worked. But, like, you think that this black man who is he's trying to cake for you as a black person and is really selling you this whole, like, let's do it together dream is holding on to all of the money from your record sales, giving you concert money, knowing full well that in five years, ten years, no one's paying to see B5, no one's paying to see Maze anymore, like, and just and keeping owning masters of records. Like, I don't know how black people can lift that up as something that's idealistic without understanding that that is rooted in the oppression of them. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it is oppression, and, and it is, it is, he might not be Candace Owens level saying out loud, I hate niggas, Terry Owens, Terry, Terry Owens, 
they'll get married. <laughs> but like, inherently, he's saying the same thing, right? It's like, I'm going to hold the masters of all of these black artists and make money from them. And I don't give a fuck what they want. Like, I, I read when Maze was like, I raised money. He saved up like two million or something. It was like, can I buy my masters back? And Diddy was like, well, there's a French man that wants to buy them from me for more. So unless you can give me more money, then no. And I'm just like, there's nothing but oppression in that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gross. So we are not bad boys for life. We, we are not going anywhere, but underneath your neck, I, I guess underneath your foot, because you're just stepping on us. Like, I, yeah. Oh, black wealth hoarding is is a lot. Yeah, because it's yeah. like yeah, because I'm sure you've seen this tweet, but it was like when they said we're all closer to <laughs> homelessness than we are to ever seeing a billion, and I have just never understood like how people will protect, especially poor people who are like caping for billionaires and then caping for. Um, like wealth hoarding and be like when I grow up you know like I want to like be a billionaire I want to be a millionaire and it's like you can never spend like a million sure like if you buy a house if you buy like raising a child is expensive and I think like the average lifetime cost now is about like three million or like one to two million per child and I fully like I fully like subscribe to the fact that children are expensive and that that number and estimation is probably accurate but a billion like you can't spend that amount of money like in your lifetime and I would much rather my aspiration has always been I'd rather be comfortably wealthy where I have financial freedom to do what I want and to make decisions and to not to be in the current situation where I am where it's like I like the role that I'm doing and I think that it will be great for my people and I get to go back and give back to my region but I don't like the company anymore and they have like blatantly said fuck you niggas to me with this new ceo and like i would like to have the financial freedom because if it wasn't the black lives matter statement that they put out that would have gotten me to leave it would have been this like if i didn't need a check if i didn't have student debt to pay off like if i like if my parents you know weren't like middle class like working class like and like if we had the freedom of me just like chilling and I didn't have to pay any bills and I like my parents could take care of like my expenses then I would have been like the fuck (laughs) I was like fuck you and your mama fuck you and your mama (laughs) like to everybody on senior leadership and just left in the most disrespectful way but it's like I can't because I don't have financial freedom but the idea of like exploiting other people to do it because the conversation that me and my cousin were having this morning because she found out today that in Jamaica like there was this like cult of like um white women and like mixed women from like European and African heritage and then black women who were slave owners including like freed slaves and she was like oh like i'm so shocked and i'm like i i'm not you know like that was i was like that was 
what you did right like and if you're told that this is the path to freedom and success and financial prosperity after coming from nothing is to exploit other people and you don't see another way to do it then i'm sort of expecting everybody and it's like once i learned that in canada that like indigenous peoples because like we're we're given like a very like one-dimensional view of like um, indigenous people struggle in Canada so it's usually just them versus the white man but they never like nuance it with how we're all like complicit in each other's oppressions so they're just like they never talk about slavery in Canada but especially they didn't talk about the fact that like indigenous people like stole slaves for white settlers and then had slaves of their own because it was a status symbol so it's like since understanding mm. that and slavery is a very different time to now um, in some ways, not others, but it's like I, I'm not shocked at people like oppressing it, other people, but I am shocked that that's like the goal. Like the goal is to I would rather put myself first to the detriment yeah. of everybody around yeah. me and see other people suffering and say, we came out with virtual paymentless foundation, so. <laughs> we've yeah. cracked it like yeah 100% and I think the thing is like people I mean when capitalism is your god like you're just fighting for this top that just makes no sense but it, what's funny to me is like I don't think people really understand the difference between a million and a billion because I, I'm all for kind of like like you said like wanting to get out of the situation that I'm in and giving having more financial freedom And but whenever I manifest I always envision like having for my whole life like assets around a million maybe two billion uh, because not to say that i wouldn't earn any more money than that but it would flow out like i would create businesses that properly paid their workers like mm-hmm. i would give so much money that i would never be you know i, my, I wouldn't be wealth hoarding like it just wouldn't happen and there used to be an example that I would give of this that was great and I will still mention her but I'm going to preface this with she is transphobic she is the worst white woman and um, I'm annoyed that she had such an impact on my childhood no we um, need to give another name for her we need to we can't we can't say it like we need to come another <laughs> name for her okay I won't say I won't say the person's name <laughs> I will say um actually I will say Miss Umbridge in homage to the awful white woman that she created that maybe was modelled on her by the the looks of things. Um, For all of her atrocities, the thing that she had done at one point um, was been the first billionaire to lose billionaire status through charitable giving. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm like, okay, so this is how the economy should work. Yeah. She kind of got... I wouldn't say too... I don't think she planned to ever become a billionaire, but what she did gave her that. Lovely. But then she was like, how can I give back? Mm -hmm. Of course, we're not going to talk about her for any longer because she clearly then decided to take away because she ain't shit. Um, But just for me, like that notion of like, I have no problem building wealth, but I don't want that wealth to just stay with me. And then, you know, it's like generational wealth is a very interesting thing because it's like, why then? On the one hand, I'm like, as black people we should get or POCs we should have generational wealth because white people have it or have had it for so long and it's an unfair advantage but the other half of me is like if we just become socialist nobody needs to worry about generational wealth because every system will protect you whether you have wealth or not whether you're born you Mm -hmm. know you wouldn't be ever born homeless because there would be no homelessness like like 
you would be able to have access to any career you wanted to. So actually, I don't want a hundred million pounds so that my kids never have to work. I just want to dismantle the systems that make it harder for my kids to work. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be that they can't afford to do an unpaid internship. I mean, unpaid, unpaid internships are trash anyway, but like, I just want to change that whole system. Mm-hmm. So, so hoarding wealth is not going to help to do that. It's actually going to reinforce that system. So, yeah. yeah. Like, a desire to do better and, and be more wealthy than our parents doesn't have to lead to, I'm going to be diddy. Um, or dare I say it, for attack of the beehive, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, who I love in many ways as an artist, as a black woman, she has a platform that is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's like when we talk about colorism, we're gonna have to unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around this sentence, probably because I almost, I'm sad that it's the reality and I don't want to admit to myself, but <laughs> she monetizes blackness um, in a way that is not good. Um, I haven't yet watched Black is King because I'm not really ready, mm-hmm. um, but she conflates Yoruba imagery with all diasporan imagery. Um, and while she celebrates black people it's in a very narrow context of what it means to be black in Africa Africa being a whole continent like obviously Um, and even Nigeria like consisting of many tribes I'm not even sure if she knows if she's of Yoruba heritage or if she just decided that she likes some of the things that she's seen associated to it you know and the fact that she's never toured on her world tours in the continent of Africa shows me that she's happy to use it to you know, in a capitalist stance to make money, mm-hmm. but it's just really down for the diaspora. You know, it's it doesn't feel like it's me. And I think that she's created this cult of around her, which can never be. You know, you can never criticize her without being a hater. I'm not a hater. I love black women. I just it feels like this black woman loves money more than than black people. I think that, like, we can unpack Beyonce. (laughs) Like, I think that, like, deserves its own, like, conversation. Because, like, what the only thing that I'm going to say, and it's like, you know this too, is, like, being descendants of slaves, like, we are never going to know, like, what, like, where we came from. Um, And I also haven't watched, like, Black is King, but I do remember seeing, like, Joshua Kissy. What a beautiful Instagram wedding. Do you know who I'm talking about? The Ghanaian photographer? I'm Googling. Because it like their wedding hashtag was it started in the DMs because I think his partner is Habesha. Or um if I said that if I butchered that wrong, but none of my East African friends have corrected me. And technically, I found out I am East African, so I may be butchering that myself. Um but like they met in the DMs and their wedding was beautiful but he's Ghanaian and he is a photographer and he I think directed or filmed like a portion of it um and I remember seeing some other people pop up but like I'm not defending Beyonce as I am just providing more context because I think it's a very important thing to like criticize her and criticize other black people 
but I will always be careful about the ways in which I criticize them versus white people. Because white people, I was just flamed for like breathing. I'll always be like, why are you breathing? Colonizer. But mm. I <laughs> think that like just wealth hoarding is just stupid and it just shouldn't be done because no one like it should i have no problem about like having like my net worth be a billion or it's like everything as it's valued is a billion but i was thinking about like the company and the brands that i want to start and being like what are the things that i want to be able to offer my staff and it's like i want them to feel um i want to pay them like you know more than a living wage so living wage plus and i want to be able to offer um unlimited vacation days and when i mean unlimited vacation days i mean unlimited vacation days and it means that like if you're freelancing for me like you're good because you will get paid like for the duration of your contract um because as long as you're employed by me in whatever capacity then everyone gets the same sort of deal and i don't want you to feel bad about being like oh you have this amount of days for the year and you have to try and like fit your life like around work like your work should fit around your life so it means that if you're not feeling well and you're not feeling like up to it then just be transparent let us know and then we can figure out what needs to get done and like what we can push off but you should have that freedom and that is the kind of like empire that i would like to build even if it means that i can only hire five people and that's yeah. like yeah, yeah and that's the cap because it's like i can't because my i may not be having enough revenue stream to hire like <laughs> hundreds of people and keep that system in place and i would like to have a genuine relationship with the people who work for me you know because it should be like yeah. a you should feel like comfortable telling me that you need more time with this it's like i'm not asking for an explanation but i'm asking you to just give me a heads up where you're like not feeling it you know, like I'm going through something and I need time. And it's just sort of like, cool. Take care of yourself. Yeah. This will get done. Yeah. Enjoy it. Or it's like, I want to go backpacking. Um, not backpacking, but I want to go on a month's vacation, you know, like in Bangladesh. It's like, enjoy your time. Yeah. <laughs> like you, it's like you deserve yeah. it. I, I, I really like that and actually it reminds me of a white man who deserves some some shout out here I know don't be offended but actually he <laughs> uh, I remember reading about him um, when I was doing a lot of work around like kind of the future of work and, and the future of businesses and, and he changed he took a pay cut as the CEO of his company mm-hmm. so that everybody in the company got um the wage which is and it's probably different in in different states and maybe in canada but there's a there is a there's a point where um as your wage increase like wage increase to ha- quality of life increase kind of flat lines yeah and it's around 75 grand a year um and so what that means is you know if you're earning more than that you're not necessarily going to be any happier or have a better quality of life but so he made sure that everybody from the cleaner to him was on the same salary mm. and, and that's exactly what you're talking about there like that not just living wage but actually what do you need so that you are comfortable so that actually if you wanted to go on a month-long trip to Bangladesh you can afford to do that mm-hmm. um if your child unexpectedly gets sick or your pets or your pet or someone you care for you don't need to worry about that um but yeah I'm with you 100% I'm also with you on that 
you know, your asset being valued at a billion does not mean that you have a billion, which I think is very important for um, Kanye. I don't even know if I want to unpack talking about him right now, but this whole obsession with Forbes calling you a billionaire when actually, like, your brands are valued as billions is, is not, like, why? You don't have a billion pounds in your account. I don't know why you'd be happy about that anyway, but can we just be transparent here that you don't have a billion pounds in your account mm-hmm. your brand is actually you know owned by adidas is valued at that so so what are we even saying here and the same for the mother of your children so um yeah because that's Let's talk no more on mr west because <laughs> <laughs> like i think that's really important what the um ceo did because it's like valuing all jobs the same because they are all important you know and it's like not one over the other they are all important to the functioning of you know the company because it's like I've never been a cleaner um and I've like never worked in like a public setting if that makes sense because I got like I became overqualified really quickly I went to science camp and I had an internship at a nuclear plant at like 15 so like whenever I applied to the ball they were like really (laughs) and I was like yeah (laughs) like oh you have no storefront experience and I was like but I but I built a machine surely I can fold these clothes any nuclear reactors though I can help with that transferable skills (laughs) (laughs) but it's like my parents have worked in restaurants and customer facing things and it's like you need all of these things to make the company work and it's like the billionaire who runs like mcdonald's for example like is a billionaire because of the people who are selling the burgers and cleaning the stores and making sure that the individual locations are like hygienic enough to eat at and have food for people to eat and to consume and mass consume and i was like if they are important to you gaining wealth then all jobs are important like it's not just because you're a cleaner and it's like cool you're a cleaner so what you're still very important and very valued so it's like that's the and actually essential you know like what this pandemic has shown us um is it is very easy for those of us in white collar jobs to work from home or take a break from home, um, take a break from work, sorry, and to, and to be furloughed. But but actually, it is the cleaners that are the essential workers. A lot of those lower paid jobs, like the CEO of McDonald's could have taken the whole of the pandemic off if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure his underlings would have done whatever they needed to do. But um, as long as McDonald's is open, they need cleaners. They need cooks they need servers and yeah I've, I've done a lot of um that kind of customer service like front-facing uh work and yeah I've I've earned not enough money to get the train home before mm. for at events that that turn over millions um yeah and it's bullshit quite frankly so mm-hmm. so yeah this is cool our empires will not be that listen guys they're with us but once we start hiring you will want to work with us Mm -hmm. we will pay you (laughs) we will pay everybody like a living plus wage make sure that if you're freelancing for us and live in a country that you know doesn't have benefits that you're going to have benefits boo like you can get your dental you can get your health you can be insured and that's not something that you have to factor in your wages because it's like if we're employing you to work 
then we're employing you, which means that we have to look after you, which is ties back in beautifully. I love when it comes full circle with what Candace Patton was saying. <laughs> When it's like, if you're about diversity and inclusion and you're hiring a black actress to lead your series, then you need to hire black makeup artists. You need to hire black hairstylists. You can't have, like, it just because, you know, like, um, Sarah Bell or Sarah Jane from Hair and Makeup happens to know how to do it. It doesn't mean that that's the opportunity you should be affording her because how many, like, black makeup artists and like black hairstylists did not get the recognition because they were black and are yeah. getting this opportunity because of the barriers that the, the various industries set up so that to prohibit you as i remember yeah. and i will say this openly fuck the un but like i remember when i was thinking about the career that i would want and if i would ever work for the un and fuck the un first and foremost because of rwanda genocide and it should have never have happened and the fact that romeo dallaire gets bigged up for his role in watching rwandans get slaughtered fuck you too and like I remember being like, okay, like, how much, what does it take to work in the UN? And they're like, oh, well, you can intern with us. And, like, that's a very easy, like, foot in. And it's like, to intern, it, it's an unpaid internship. And it's like, you're going to Geneva for, like, three months and not getting paid. And it's like, you know, coming from a relatively, like, middle class, because middle class, for our listeners, in north america versus the uk are very different terms like in the uk i find from a north american perspective your middle class is rich people versus middle class <laughs> it's like we actually have a middle class like there's lower class people and then there's middle class and then there's like lower middle class middle middle class upper middle class and then there's rich people so, oh what okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay interesting because the middle class has been squeezed here but the middle class still very much shops at waitrose so i feel like you're saying that's not a thing for the middle class in north america it's still like we get paid more like i was surprised at how like low the wages are because like in terms of the job that i got out of the gate from university versus man who was working in um toronto for a charity and we were both in the charity sector it was like they were at basically an assistant level and we, i was at like a like manager ish level like manager plus level and we were making like after the conversion about the same salary so like the salaries in like london in particular are very poor because <laughs> i don't know how all these charities are like sixteen thousand a year and it's like in London and like plus like and that's yeah. with inner London readings and it's like in in like where am I living <laughs> like point yeah, to the yeah. box like, and the street it was like point to the box in the street corner and the Tesco meal yeah. deals that I would be eating for the year yeah with 16 like 16,000 not 1600 16,000 yeah for the year before tax like that's always before tax yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, like wages are shit. Like, yes. Okay, so your middle class is so your middle class is maybe more what we would call lower middle class, or because it's a, it's a bit more than working class, maybe. But 
I think our middle class is like what you guys call middle class, but the middle class isn't seen as rich here because more people make like more people who are working like make real salaries. <laughs> you know, so like working yeah, in the charity okay. sector yeah, yeah. will never get you the same as a banking salary, but like you can still live in Toronto with like I would say two roommates, which was three people, whereas like if you're working on sixteen thousands it's like you're like living on a you're you don't you need you one of your roommates to be paying your rent oh, no, yeah. <laughs> or only fans like that is like what you would have to be doing yeah and then yeah. for them to be like the un to be like oh come to geneva for a summer and you know intern with us unpaid and live in um switzerland <laughs> For three months, you, you Canadians, with like your money is less than the euro, so it's whatever the living cost is, double it for you for three months, and then that's how you can get into the UN. Plus, also have five to ten years of experience, which is always like every single thing in development. It's like have all the degrees, have a PhD, come out, entry level role, five to ten years of experience, and then we will let you consult. And it's like when <laughs> sometimes I wonder if like HR workers are just a pick of their jobs that they're just trolling people because like when they write these job descriptions it's like how how where does this line up where does the pay match my experience where where's the time to how am I entering a job with experience like how's an entry level role when I've got 10 years experience like <laughs> what are we doing here <laughs> You did a career change. Oh, you had 10 years of experience in an unrelated field. Did a career change in game while simultaneously holding all the requisite degrees to do this job. And listen, I don't care if I'm entry level in that career. If I've had 10 years of work experience, you're not paying me entry level salary. It's just not happening. You don't, you can pay me lower than someone with, with 10 years of experience in that field, fine, but don't pay me an entry level salary. What do you take me for? Do you know how many transferable skills I have from what, like, literally I could have an own, still have transferable skills to investment banking because mm-hmm. there would be customer interaction, there would be deadlines, there would be tech management, like every job has got transferable skills to other jobs, so, like, no. Just no. It's just all of this gatekeeping that keeps capitalism going that fuels like all of these oppressions because it's just consistent gatekeeping that no one wants to actually address because it works for them like when i had the conversation with my ceo about black lives matters and i thought it was fruitful because they seemed to really take everything that i was seeing on board and then to have them turn around like not even two weeks later and say okay majority white um employment staff who has no idea what they're talking about talk amongst your teams about how we're going to you know fix racism in our organization even though we know you're not doing anything because i don't want to pay and we don't really want to pay to get the person in the company who knows what they're talking about to do this work let alone an expert to do this work we would rather just not we would rather you guys yeah. lead a reading circle for something you don't know. Like, yeah. 
It's true because because if you are in a privileged situation, right? Any type of equality feels like oppression. Like they don't want to lose. They don't want less. You know, they don't want to feel like they can no longer issue in for that promotion because actually there's somebody more qualified that has been waiting for 20 years, like in an entry level position, that's like a pick person of color or like gender non-conforming or whatever. Um, and yeah, they just, they can't, they're, they're not ready for the real changes. They kind of wish racism didn't happen. They wish, they wish KKK racism didn't happen, but I think they're perfectly comfortable with systemic racism. Yeah. It keeps them exactly where they are, and they like that. Um, <laughs> like, it got so, me here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm summering the south of France, so are you telling me that if I stop systemic racism, I can't do that anymore? Because I quite like that. <laughs> like, no, no. We will keep doing this. Garçon! <laughs> Another wine, please. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And I actually hate that I work for the white man now because I used to work at a black charity, which was like very homophobic. Like, let's not let's not get that twisted. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, were very yeah. homophobic and transphobic. Um, <laughs> but like, I could walk up and it's like my wig wouldn't be laid. And like, I could walk up with three different hairstyles within the same week, which I did consistently and no one said anything as soon as i had a ponytail that looked slightly different from the one before everyone at work oh your hair is so different and it's like your hair is so the same <laughs> oh my god uh, i i envy that i mean i don't envy that obviously but I've, I've like worked exclusively in very white spaces and the mental labor to prepare myself over the weekend as i'm getting my hair done for like the next week of comments from people about it is just it's a lot um i wish my hair could do that and oh my god is that your hair how has it grown so long and you know i care which always makes me laugh like how is it that color because i started like only my blackness and being like fuck you guys if i want to have like blue hair at work i'm going to have it and then but then they'd be like how is your hair that color and i'm like why people not dye their hair like that's not even a weird concept like <laughs> i know you're not naturally blonde becky how are you asking me this? <laughs> this is when i worked at my um former university which like i don't flame them to the degree that sometimes i should but i worked on like the academic like summer transition program and then like there was i this was when i first got into like wigs so I had a pink wig, I had a blue wig, I had a black wig with bangs and red, like, lowlights, mm. like, underneath the bangs. And I think I also had a brown wig, and then in one week, I, like, went from blue to pink, and then a girl on the team was like, you dye your hair so much, does it not damage your hair? And I was like, No. <laughs> it does not and they're like oh your hair grew because the pink one was a bob and I was like yeah it's just how listen how... will be forever a mystery for you. forever <laughs> this, is, this is how it works you know it was just sort of like I my hair grows really fast one time and sometimes it doesn't yeah so... it's actually the reason that your ancestors like colonized us because they were fascinated um uh, how our hair could, could grow in such ways and, and it was originally for scientific research but you know here we are 
<laughs> Still haven't figured it out if you're asking those questions. <laughs> Still a mystery. Like why you make bland chicken. Bland food in general. Do you not like your taste buds? Do you not have taste buds? Probably. I will never and especially because like the spice trade like was just such a big part of economy for like so long like like literally spices having value like but you didn't put them in your food you were just just doing like Pokemon trading with them like <laughs> what, what, what was happening like I've never done enough research into this because we know that they, like, that was the first story of, like, colonization was like, oh, spices. And it's like, well, what were you... Maybe it was their sexual kink, honestly. Like, maybe you had these, like, white men just dipping their dicks in some turmeric and being like, my dick is yellow. <laughs> And then they got paprika and they're like, it's red. (laughs) I have a rainbow dick. (laughs) Queer theory. (laughs) And that was the spice trade one-on-one children. (laughs) That. And on that educational note, we are going to wrap up our first episode of Pond the Road podcast. Stay, Stay sexy, sexy out, out there. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>